What's up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking about that Moon Knight trail that dropped on Monday Night Football. Marvel's next Disney Plus series coming out in March. Finally got our first official look at it. I'll ask my guys what they thought of that first trailer. We'll also talk about Joss Whedon. He finally broke his silence on several of the abuse and toxic allegations that were, were levied against him. He got a very long profile in New York Magazine to talk about some of these allegations and, and his side of things. So we'll break down what he had to say. We got our first look at the new Batgirl costume that will be coming out for DC's Batgirl film that will be debuting on HBO Max starring Leslie Grace. I'll ask these guys what they like about the what the costume. If they don't like the costume, I'll ask them to rate it from 1 to 10. So make sure you stay, stay on the podcast for that. And we'll wrap the show talking about Peacemaker. Peacemaker dropped his first three episodes last week. I gotta say, I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw from Peacemaker. I'm very curious to hear what my guys gotta say. Speaking of those guys, let's introduce them right now. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, what's up, man? And what are you looking forward to talking about today? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I'm doing uh, not, not much going on here. I'm just, you know, glad to be on the show, yeah. as always. Um, you know, I'm always, always glad to be here uh, talking some Euro stuff with you guys. Um, uh, I mean, I'm excited to talk about Peacemaker, uh, as always, uh, as well. As we, of course, we've talked about the lead up to Peacemaker. Um, yeah, it should be it should be a, a, an interesting discussion. It should be a very interesting discussion. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to spoil my my thoughts on it, um, but <laughs> but it's is a it definitely is is definitely something. Something very interesting, so I'm definitely looking forward to talking about it. All right, man. So make sure you guys uh, stay, stay, stay for this podcast to hear that conversation on Peacemaker. Kendall joins me as well on the podcast. Kendall, happy to have you back. What are you looking forward to talking about today? Uh, I am not looking forward to talking about Joss Whedon. Uh, oh, but but don't, don't, don't get contractually <laughs> obligated. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I you know, I am looking forward. Uh, to discussing Moon Knight, which we'll get to shortly. Um, obviously that was the uh, the highlight of the the Monday Night Football broadcast. Uh, <laughs> particularly if you're a Cardinals fan. Um, uh, but yeah, that was that. I thought that was a very interesting trailer. So you know, some mixed some mixed reactions from what I could see. But so I'll be it would be interesting to see what uh you guys have to say about it. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, between the Moon Knight trailer and Eli Manning wearing the, the death row records chain from Snoop Dogg, that was pretty much the, the only things you needed to see from that Monday Night Football game because, boy, what a what a disaster that was. Of course, if you guys like sports, make sure you check out the New Generation Sports Talk podcast this week. Here I talk about the NFL playoffs. But let's begin this podcast talking about Moon Knight, as Kendall said. We got our first look at Marvel's upcoming Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, during halftime of Monday Night Football this week. Marvel unveiled the first trailer of the series, which stars Oscar Isaac as Stephen Grant, a gift shop employee who learns he has dissociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary Mark Spector. The show promises to follow Stephen and Mark's uh, a navigation and journey through these complex identities and a deadly mystery involving Egyptian gods. So Sham, the trailer laid the groundwork for what appears to be Marvel's foray into psychological thrillers. Shout out to your favorite rapper, Kid Cudi, he was, uh, his song Day and Night, that, that smash hit from like 2009, was uh, kind of the, 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 the music for this haunting trailer. What did you think of what we got to see from Moon Knight this week? Um, I, uh, I, I think it looks interesting. I definitely think it looks interesting. I do like Oscar Isaac as well. Um, he, he seems like he's really uh, doing a lot for this role, for sure. uh, which you would expect. I mean, he's, I mean, this is a very um, troubled and complex character. So uh, I'm sure they're definitely asking a lot of him uh, to, to portray this kind of character and dealing with these kinds of mental issues, uh, which, you know, people do deal with. So I'm sure he had, there was a lot of work that had to go into that. For sure. um, but, uh, but I think it looks interesting. I, I, I it's, this is, was honestly, I, I feel it said it was a trailer, but it felt more like another teaser um, to me. I don't. I don't know what to make of of much of what we saw. It. it I mean, the shots look good. Oscar Isaac looks good. 
but I mean, he looks um, like he's losing his mind, which is which is interesting. But I mean, I have to see it in execute. Like I have to see that executed. Um, there wasn't really any action, uh, which is fine uh, for like a teaser. Um, so I can't really comment on that. The costume looks looks good. I have to say, the costume yeah. does look good. Um, I'll say it's not what I was expecting. And I was telling Kendall as well. I was expecting more of the like spandexy kind of okay. like yeah. like costume, like fitting costume. Right. But this this looks good. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I, it, it seems like one of those costumes that'll look even better um, in the show. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm curious. We didn't really get much for from from side characters or anything like that. Also, and and really much for plot except that he's this guy's clearly struggling with with dissociative identity. He doesn't know where he is, what's going on. Um, so it was very interesting. I think is uh, that's probably the best word I can use to describe it. I'm very I'm definitely interested in seeing more um and especially interested in seeing another trailer and when you talk about that costume sham there was i think a lot of inspiration from you know egyptian mummies with how you know the wrappings kind of go around his body to mm -hmm. form that yep. that usual moon knight look that we expect but it wasn't again as you said it wasn't the kind of spandex look that we, we expect in the comics so i certainly took note of that kendall what did you uh what did you make of, of this trailer and some of the the tea leaves that they laid for it we got to see um, Ethan Hawke's uh, villainous character Arthur Harrow, who is interesting because he doesn't have much backstory really in Marvel. He appeared, I think, in, in only one Moon Knight comic. Uh, it was a very brief appearance. So, and he looks seems much different than the comic book appearance that we did see from him. And we did we did get to see a glimpse of Khonshu, the uh, the ancient god that essentially is the person that bestows the the uh, the responsibility of being Moon Knight to. Stephen Grant slash Mark Spector. So, what, what did you make of kind of some of the things we got to see laid out here? Yeah, yeah, I thought that this was a, uh, I thought this was a, this was a solid trailer. Um, you know, I thought it was, this was one that I needed a couple watches. Uh, the first watch um, of this trailer was not as enjoyable as as when i watched it a couple times and got you know really dove into it because um it's all over the place so you mm -hmm. know unless you're really locked in on oscar isaac loses his mind um you know you don't take a whole lot from this trailer uh like Shamari said it's, it's very much a teaser but when i watched it over um i kind of got to see a little bit more of the pacing and how this show they don't want to show you a lot and that's Part of the course for these Disney Plus Marvel series, um, I expect we're going to get a good amount of Moon Knight later in the series. But early on, there'll probably be a lot of the the the, Steve, the Stephen Grant character. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, to me, I mean, I thought that this was a good trailer in in in, in the fact that it it gave us a a a, a glimpse into what I think. Is gonna be Oscar Isaac's character going forward in the MCU. I don't think this is gonna be a series where, you know, they show him like this in the trailers, and then by the end he's like kind of fixed, you know, or he's like normal. I think yeah. this is kind of who he's gonna be. Yeah, of course. And so I think that this is going. I think that this is something that um, they wanted to get across. You know, they didn't want to. They could have focused on the Moon Knight part of things, but I think. That would I didn't think I don't think they want to mislead people. I think they they want people to come in for the chaos, come in for the 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 hectic nature of the, what the show is going to be, or at least come in expecting that. Um, and then Moon Knight is going to be a part of that. But um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of you know, they didn't show us a whole lot of action and um, you know, and 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 adversaries and you know, real conflicts, but. Uh, those will those will develop over time, um, but I, I mean I'm I'm excited. You know I feel like this is going to be uh, it's going to be a very different show than I think we've seen uh, or a different property than we've seen in the MCU so far. Mm -hmm. Clearly delving in some sort of mysticism and and uh, you know impracticality uh, in terms of the environment, but um, that also opens it up for a lot of interesting. Uh, a lot of interesting gateways, you know, in terms of who this character 
transitions or who he who he uh, starts to interact with going forward. Because I don't think you're going to see him next to, you know, Shang-Chi. I could be wrong, but I don't think you're going to see him next to Sam Wilson. But do we see him next to Blade? Do we see him, see him next to Black Knight? Or is he that in that lane? You know, I mean, Kevin Feige said that all these upcoming recent uh, Disney Plus series are going to have characters that'll, you know, eventually cross over into the movie realm. Where did Moon Knight fit into that? That isn't really it's hard to tell based off this trailer. Yeah. But those yeah. are the questions that I that I'm asking myself right now. Yeah, I think those are the questions to ask <laughs> when it comes to this because I do agree this this Moon Knight trailer felt very different from what I expect to see from Marvel. To me, this almost looked like something that like Christopher Nolan could have produced, which makes me very excited. Uh, I, I I think I like this trailer more than you guys well, did. Well, Nolan EJ wouldn't produce anything that's not coming out in theaters, so. <laughs> Fair enough. We know his whole issue. He had not an act. Yeah, we know the issue he had with Tenet and all of the uh, you know the trouble he made with, with Warner Warner Media, so uh, touche to that. But, but man, I, I thought this was a really great first trailer. I really did. I think that they really nailed the kind of chaotic nature of the struggle that steven slash mark is going through in this trailer in a very smart way and i think they did it in a way that was um great for both fans who know moon knight very well and i think they did it well for fans who don't know moon knight very well and that quite frankly is going to be the vast majority of people who see this trailer because moon knight is not a household name in terms of being a hero uh by any stretch of the imagination and i think that mystery behind this 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 uh this chaotic figure is gonna actually go a long way to making people intrigued, because uh you know you see him locking himself in his bed, and he's walking off and he's running off and he doesn't you know know where he's going and, and he doesn't remember that he's tied up. There's just a lot of really neat things. You see some of the mercenary work. You see some of the you know gift shop employee stuff that he's doing, which is very different from the Stephen Grant. Um, uh, interpretation that we see in the comics. You know, Stephen Grant in the comics is like a you know eccentric millionaire. Now here he's you know definitely not a millionaire by any stretch of the imagination. But just you know bringing that kind of intrigue and in, and in, in, in seeing this person go through the struggle, I think for some people who are kind of a tip you know Marvel kind of has a reputation of being kind of a same old same old kind of uh, you know property where you kind of go and kind of expecting to know where you're gonna get. Even if the the genres may change in a little bit, you know Marvel has a quote unquote formula that they they adhere to with all their their projects. I didn't see much Marvel kind of uh, formula with with much of this. This this didn't look like very Marvel, and to me that actually was very exciting because to me Moon Knight is 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 so much is so different from a lot of the properties Marvel has uh, has has brought to the big screen or to the silver screen. So to portray in the way they did in such a comic book accurate way i thought was uh was was really dope so i'm 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 liking it so far i really think that this could end up being a really dope project yeah yeah i mean (laughs) i mean it it definitely could um i'm hoping i'm hoping it is i still think it will be um one thing and this is just a theory i don't know if it's true um I'm wondering if the next trailer will be because this was entirely from Steven's perspective. Perspective, yes. So I wonder if the next trailer will be for entirely from the other Mark's perspective. That would be dope. I guess though, uh-huh. though the, what would make that tricky, I guess, is, I mean, again, who knows where, where Marvel is taking this story? But the perspective I get from this trailer is the show. The, the, the beginning of the show, he thinks he's Steven. You know, he he thinks he's Steven, and you know. Maybe the Mark person doesn't get introduced until episode two or three or four, maybe even. Like, mm-hmm. so I wonder if that could even work, if that's even possible. But that would be really great. It, you know, I mean, shoot, if I was Marvel and I wanted to be super creative, I would do like, I would do two trailers. Like, I would drop two trailers at the same time. I would cut one trailer where he's Mark and one trailer where he's Steven and really mess with the fans. Like, and really <laughs> mess with the people being like, why are there two trailers right. from one, one show? Like, I think that they could do some really fun promotion, promotional stuff for this character because of, you know, the, the illness that he suffers from. Yeah. You know, but and that I might wonder... get a little too meta, but I thought that would be dope. But, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I mean that, that could that could be an effective way to kind of uh, really, really kind of shake things up with their promotion. 
Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to tap into any of the um, tap into any of the other properties in which people seem to be struggling with. Not this necessarily, because this seems to be trying to take a more a more grounded approach, mm-hmm. but maybe something like a, um, um, you know, of course we have Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, where he was having a lot of issues. Obviously, was more a little more cartoony, but um, something like that, or something like, um, uh, geez, what's the, it was Professor X's son, the Le- one? That, oh, Legion, the, yeah. Yeah, or or like more of a legion legion mm, kind yeah. of approach, uh, which that, t- that took another approach with that whole kind of in your head. You don't know what's real, what's not. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, kind of thing. Though I know his powers obviously had a significant effect on that, but um, but I feel like there are a couple, there are a few different things that they can kind of take not inspiration from, but they can kind of look to to yeah. see. Okay, these were done in the superhero medium, and they were successful. And they dealt with people that that were very in dis- were distressed in similar ways. Um, but is there anything we can take from these um, so that this we can make sure that this show is successful as well? So I'm wondering if if, if they'll do any of that as well. Shamari makes a good point about uh, some of the challenges that that will come with doing this kind of show. Kendall, are there any things that you are hoping to see? From Moon Knight, that maybe you didn't see in this trailer, but you're 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 you're, you're optimistic, or at least you're hopeful that we may see when this uh, show comes out. Um, or anything they have to accomplish, you feel like with this series? I mean, that's a better question. Uh, anything that they have to accomplish? I mean, they need to make. I mean, they they be, <laughs> the biggest the biggest thing they have to accomplish with this series beyond making a show that people enjoy is uh, making it so that. Um, Moon Knight is a character that people want to see going forward. Um, right. You know, I would say Hawkeye is a, was a show that people enjoyed. Um, I don't know if Marvel did an excellent job making Echo a character that people need to see going forward. You know, uh, you know, I don't think Hawkeye necessarily was about you know making Echo that important, but they they that was definitely a, uh, an objective. Yeah, um, and they tried their best, and they 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 did some good stuff with that character, but. Um, you know, not as well as some other characters like an Act of Darkness, for you know, for example, or even um, Kate Bishop on that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, yeah. we wanted we're we're very excited to see what the Young Avengers, uh, where they take her character with the Young Avengers and whatnot. But yeah, um, <laughs> I love how we just do Young Avengers is coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kind of already yeah, already leaped to conclusions. <laughs> uh, what we see, and so with Moon Knight. Like I said, I don't really know where his character is going, but um, we have to come out of this saying, well, I can't wait to see where he shows up next. Um, because, and uh, who knows, maybe it's just a Moon Knight season two. You know, I mean, that hasn't been talked about, but, you know, he is the, he is the kind of character along with She-Hulk that maybe you say, maybe he shows up in other stuff, but you can have, you can tell multiple stories, you know, in the normal yeah. sense of, superhero television you know a character like moon knight if he gets a tv show would be up in line for season two you know not all these are one note characters so um but regardless that's that's got to be the main goal is we want to see more moon knight after this i will say i felt like this trailer i don't want to say definitely more than all the other disney plus shows but this trailer felt more like something for a movie than for a tv show which was, I, that I would agree with. Which was very interesting to me. You yeah, know? yeah because I would have I would have thought that Moon Knight would make the most sense out of really a lot most of the shows they've pitched and they're launching to be on TV, at least up to this point. But this thing looked like like I feel like Loki looked like a TV show, even though it was very high budgeted and it was shot well and stuff, but it looked like a TV show. Um, you know, WandaVision is supposed to look like a TV show. So that of course made sense you know hawkeye went to so you know excuse me uh, hawkeye i think you know had some stuff looking movie but also looked like a tv show i think the closest one you, you would compare it to is probably falcon winter soldier we say okay there were some things that, that clearly looked like a movie when you talk about the promotional stuff but to me this again just did not i didn't feel like this was a television show i'm like this looks like a movie You're like um so so i don't even know if that makes it good or bad or even even but it just that does make me curious about how this show is structured, 
how many episodes it will be. I mean, do we assume it's six episodes? I don't I don't know if we got any word on how many episodes it is. I would I would surmise yeah, that this is, is the kind of I mean, I would surmise that this is the kind of show that would need more than six episodes, to be honest, just because of the complexity of the actual character. You know, like my my, um, my question in terms of the comp- in terms of what you're trying to accomplish is, can you fully get across a full story that kind of you know, like Shamari said, I, I agree. I don't think Moon Knight should have figured it all out by the end. I think we should at least have a, a, a great idea of just who this person actually is, and if you're really gonna dive us into the, the chaotic mind this person is is dealing with, you know, can you accomplish that in six episodes? You know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you know, it's it's going to be some work. You know, I, I we we all talked. I think we we all agree that you know Hawkeye felt a little bit like it needed maybe a, at least an extra episode, and that was doing I think a much simpler story than what we're getting with this. Yes, the one thing that I'll say is that you're dealing with one. You're dealing with one main individual, sure. which helps. And then you're also, we also have a villain that we're probably going to get introduced to maybe in episode one, if not episode two, and Ethan Hawk. Maybe it'll be, maybe there's other, you know, threats, you right. know, beyond the, there almost certainly will be. But in terms of who will act as the main villain with Hawkeye, obviously, you know, we didn't get that until uh, really the last episode. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, to me, I think it's just about what kind of story are you telling? You know, if and, uh, you know, if you're telling a story that has a whole, a whole bunch of layers to it, then, yeah, yeah, this this isn't going to be able to get done in six episodes because you also have to there's a ton you have to explain about the main characters. Like you said, not a simple character to just, you know, introduce and, you know, give a backstory and that's it. Um, but I don't think that the story will be as important as the character and the approach to the character as some of these other shows have been. Um where, you know, you need the plot to make sense beyond, and there's obviously this plot has to make sense as well, but they're going to have to explain a lot about the character. Um, but I, I think if they make the, the story fairly simple, you know, Ethan Hawke's the villain, maybe there's some Egyptian, you know, we saw you see the pyramids and whatnot, maybe there's some sort of Egyptian gods coming out of the sky or something like I don't know what's going to happen, but um, if they make that not too complex... And I think they'll be able to get it done. I mean, I, th- I think they should be. Able, actually, I think they should be able to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they just like, I, like, yeah. I, I mean, I think they should be able to because this for this show it just, and just for me personally, I just want to be introduced to this character. Like, who is this? Um, you know, if they can do that. Um, and with all these Marvel sh- shows and movies, I'm expecting him to show up more. So I'm not expecting this to be the last time I see him. Mm-hmm. So as long as I'm introduced, I understand, you know, kind of the basics of what he's dealing with, um, what his powers are, and, you know, like what like what part of the this universe he operates out of. That's kind of what I'm most concerned with. Um, and just having that all make sense, you know, it has to make sense, but he doesn't really have to, um, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't really need him to resolve whatever issues going on this season or, or even in this show. I wouldn't say, res- um, I, I think what, what I, what I meant by resolve was more so like, like, you know, I don't like, I don't think he's going to be like a normal, you know, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, 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 I think he'll always be kind of. Yeah, this character. Why they're promoting him like this? Yeah, so or I, know, yeah, yeah. You know, going into even if you don't watch this show, when you see him in, you know, whatever whatever team up movie he's in with with Ghost Rider and and and, and Blade, you know, oh, that's the guy that that has two that's two personalities. You know, I, I remember that. I remember Moon Knight, even though I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, that, that I think that's what they go because if not, then people would be kind of confused. Wait, wait, why isn't he? Wasn't he supposed to be bugging out? What happened? Right. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I definitely, I definitely get that. And like I said, you know, Moon Knight's, uh, Moon Knight's identity disorder is, you know, instrumental to his character. You know, it's something that he, 
lives with and you know just like anything you you learn to live with something but doesn't make things easy or that makes it all you know figured out so if if marvel were to somehow not include that uh or somehow lessen that as being a part of the story would it, it wouldn't make sense you know so but um but you know i i can't wait to see this show man march 30th moon knight streams on disney plus i'm sure our listeners will be checking it out you know we'll be doing some content related to moon night when it comes out so make sure you guys stick with us uh when that when that show drops but let's uh move on to the next topic today and we're going to talk about josh whedon who finally broke his silence for the first time in years following allegations of toxic abusive and racist behavior while working on the sets of buffy the vampire and dc's justice league in a long profile by new york magazine whedon admits to infidelity Poor, and poor communication to his staff, but denies some of the more disturbing claims made by, made against him by the likes of Ray Fisher, Gal Gadot, and others. He blames a possible language barrier for Gadot uh, believing that he threatened her career while on the set of Justice League. He also says he cut Ray Fisher out of much of Justice League because Cyborg's story in the movie, quote, didn't make sense and that Fisher's acting was bad. He adds that he's never worked with a ruder group of people than the cast and crew on Justice League. When it came to some of the allegations involving Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he denied uh, having sexual misconduct with crew members while at the workplace. Uh, he denied embarrassing showrunners to the point of tears in, in very uh, hostile and disturbing writers' room meetings. And he denied putting his hands on one of his crew members, which is one of the allegations that is made in this article, that he, he, he did, was digging his fingernails into a woman's arm because uh, he was uh, unhappy with something. Whedon went on to say that he sought counseling for sex addiction, uh, attributed some of his interpersonal relationship issues to trauma he dealt with as a child, and is confused as to how he has turned into such a pariah over the past several years. So, Kendall, Whedon made a a lot of points in this piece. Before uh, I ask you, did he sway you? For me, I I read this piece, and there were two things that uh, stood out to me. Um, One a lack of humility from Josh Whedon and a lack of a true apology for some of the few things he did admit to, or at least say that, you know, he should have handled better was one of the terms he liked to use in this piece. And I think when we look at how he is viewed right now, because people who have viewed this piece are not looking at him in a much, in in a very good light right now, now to be fair, He's not he's he is kind of a social pariah. So he, he was starting at zero to begin with. So it would have taken a Herculean effort for him to look good. But he did himself no favors with this piece. Um, New York Magazine did him no favors dropping this piece on Martin Luther King Day. And as, like I said, what was disturbing to me was there was zero humility and what is clearly some pain that this guy has caused, regardless of whether it was intentional or if it was some kind of miscommunication, or even if he feels like there's some axe to grind, which is what he, he says at various points in this piece. You know, when, when when you have someone like Gal Gadot say, you know, I thought he threatened my career, you know, we, we live in a society now when people make very serious claims and we see how men of power, really people in power in general, have abused that power. It's important to listen to these allegations and take them seriously. You know, to me, when you say... You know, a language barrier was the reason why this didn't work out or she didn't understand what I was saying. You know, for someone who's been, you know, working in, you know, as, as, a, as a movie star in America for all these recent years, it, to me, it, it doesn't sound like you're really taking this very seriously. You know what I'm saying? And when Ray Fisher talks about, you know, I think that you, uh, you know, you, you, know you, you cut out a lot of black people in this movie. You're lightening people's skin complexion because allegedly you don't like dark skin color, you know, okay, you want to make a case that, you know, hey, man, I was brightening up the whole movie. It wasn't anything personal. And, you know, by the way, the guy was a bad actor. Like, to me, again, it doesn't sound like you're taking this stuff seriously. Someone with humility would be able to say, you know what, you know, I may not see things the way Ray Fisher did. It's unfortunate that he came away from that experience feeling the way he did. Um, You know, but I hope I understand that the, there are very serious issues involving racism and racial sensitivity that we've talked about, you know, as a society for the past two or three years. And, you know, I, I hope to try to be part of the solution and not part of the problem moving forward. There are very easy ways you could like, kind of, you know, maneuver 
through this conversation that he had with this reporter, and I saw none of it. By the end of the, of, of the, of the article, Kendall, he's talking about how, you know what, I think the biggest issue I had was I was too nice. That I was too nice that I kept people too close to me, and because of my niceness, it got me in trouble. That's, that's, that's apparently the lesson Josh Whedon has learned through all of this debacle that we're hearing. And it's, it's, it's really disturbing. And if Josh Whedon had any hopes of, of reaching the, the, the great heights that he reached at, at one point in his career, which is talked about at great length in this article at the New York Magazine, was, was, I, was uh, I thought a little too glowingly uh, praising kind of his work. You know, in the first, I'd say, you know, you know, half of the article, maybe the first, you know, 35, 40 percent of the article. But he did reach great heights in this industry. Boy, I, I can't ever see him getting to that point with this attitude I saw in this article. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's wild stuff. I mean, obviously, everything that you laid out in terms of how he should have gone about it is part of the reason why this is a lot of this is baloney. I mean, it's not, you know, clearly the guy has an issue because I mean, any any publicist, any any agent, any manager, anybody who's any public anybody that's dealing with public relations on any you know an image would tell him this is how you got to go about it. Even if you disagree, even if you feel like you're being painted a certain way, this is how you've got to go about it for the betterment of your career, your future. And he decided, no, I'm going to say this, that, and the other thing. And disturb. Yeah. And, and, you know, so clearly he, like you said, (laughs) he's not taking it very seriously. Um, You know, I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of, you again. You listen to a guy's. You listen to what he's saying, and and how he's saying it, and less about the allegation. And you realize, well, you know, if he's willing to say this in the interview, right? Then it makes you wonder if the stuff that's being said about him is true, because that's the way. That's the way he's kind of acting. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have to take a leap to say this guy. You know, is probably a jerk. You know, I mean that that. I mean, maybe again, you know, maybe he did it, but I mean that that he's not, you know, presenting himself in a light that 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 makes me uh makes me lean that way. So yeah, I mean, you know, again, this guy, you know, we we talked about him a couple weeks ago. Um, probably not gonna be working on any major IPs, uh, ever again. Yeah, um, it was very it was very fitting that we just talked about him and then this this profile came out. Obviously, we didn't know that was gonna happen. But, yeah, uh, but you know, yeah. Whatever we would have thought he needed to accomplish when we talked about him two weeks ago to get to that point, he did not accomplish that at all with this with this piece. You know? Yeah, nah. You know, I mean the the it, it, it hopefully that chapter is over with. Hopefully the the Joss Weed we can close a book on the. I mean, I mean, there are some people who say hopefully it's not over. Hopefully we can continue to bury this guy, but. Um, <laughs> From my perspective, I'm done with it. You know. Yeah, it's I, one of those things where, like, it's one of those things where it's like there's nothing to see here, family. You know. Right. Sorry. Like, like hide the children, hide the kids. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> you know. Right. Like, you know, when people, when the police are are closing down a, you know, a, an investigation, or they're closing down you know, a crime scene, and people have to say, "Oh, what's going on?" You tell them, it, "There's nothing to see here. Keep it moving." That's, I think, your opinion, and that's I would agree is my opinion about this Josh Whedon situation. Like, I was very curious to hear what he would have to say when he finally opened his mouth. You know, Shamari, I had just just slammed Josh Whedon for all these years for just saying nothing. You know, I was probably one of the more ardent critics of Whedon from that perspective of these people are saying these really intense, very disturbing things about you. To say nothing, I thought was crazy. But when I see what he actually says... Part of me is like, man, you know what? Nothing was a lot better than what we have right now. He, 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 maybe he was right on the money and I was wrong for saying he needed to say something because he had nothing to say of value. It was pointing fingers. It was blaming other people. It was blaming his mom. It was, uh, you know, people not understanding English correctly. It was bad actors. It was just no no accountability. And... And then to get to the end of the article again, Sham, and he's saying, well, I think maybe the actual the problem was I was too nice. It, it just speaks to a level of of, of just a, a, a disassociation with reality that is highly disturbing. And no, I would not want this person to be 
in charge of any major franchise moving forward just because of his his lack of awareness. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean I think I think the word I would use well there are a lot of words honestly you could use to describe uh, uh this guy. He's definitely a piece of work. Well, I think the word I I mean the word that's coming to mind right now is self-absorbed. He seems very 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 self-absorbed. Um, yeah. you know, egomaniac. Um, you know, he seems like uh um <clears throat> seems like he's basically um Basically, how um, um, not the name the names are totally totally leaving me. But how the the person that used to play Batwoman, how she was describing a Luke oh Fox. Uh, Ruby Rose and yeah, yeah how Ruby Rose is defining Luke Fox. So he's a eagle maniac, right, right. jerk, etc. Like that's yeah. Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um. So Joss Whedon. So apparently he thinks that you know there was, there was some kind of language barrier. Which I feel like there's a little bit of a Zeb Coulter like xenophobia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're familiar with the WWE, if you're not, if you're not, yeah. that's fine. You can look them up and have a few laughs, maybe. But but some Zeb Coulter like xenophobia yeah. uh, going on with that, with this whole language barrier thing, where it's, oh yeah. maybe she just doesn't know English enough yeah. English to know what I mean. And it's like yeah, okay, you know, I'm I'm sure you meant whatever it is you said, and there was no <laughs> right. barrier. <laughs> yeah. You know, for and there's something, and there's, something there's also something disturbing about you know we know Whedon is very uh, he thinks very highly of the way of how witty he is and and the way he can manipulate yeah. you know yeah. words and language. There's a certain level of like arrogance too to be like oh well you know the way right. I talk it, it must have been that she just didn't know English you know she my, my, my 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 way of communicating like no I think just, Gal Gadot too, knows- is too ahead of, of of whatever you know whatever you know background she's from yeah like, I, mean, and I think on, Gal Gadot man. knows what a threat is I think she understands what a threat is you know I think she's <laughs> smart enough to understand what a threat that's is regular, I don't think that, I don't that's, think that's, 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 that's not a language I think she understands a threat when she hears a threat you know from a director she's been an actor she's a professional enough and talented enough and quite frankly just smart enough to understand what a threat is when she hears a threat so no so I don't believe him he's making stuff up he's using trying to prey upon people's uh, xenophobic base uh, nature to make him seem like he's better than he is. So I don't believe him with that. Uh, he's just taking pot shots at Ray Fisher. Doesn't make him look good. Obviously, calling him a bad actor, saying other people thought he was a bad actor, and his lie, his role didn't make sense, and blah blah blah. I guess maybe maybe subtly taking shots at Snyder as well. I don't know. I oh, guess. D- I so, mean, there's a part in that article, Sham, where they go kind of in depth about the dichotomy. And the somewhat, even though they're not related, the kind of relationship between Snyder and Whedon, you know, it's always, you know, people always, I learned a long time in journalism school, you know, those parts of the story that are not quoted, but, you know, are just information that gets written with no quotes or anything. A lot of times that's coming from the person they're talking to. They might not want to go on the record saying these things about someone else for various reasons, but you know, when the writers are saying, you know, there are some out there who believe that, you know, Zack Snyder's influence has, you know, contributed to. I mean, it's it was very clear to me that he has beef with Zack Snyder. And that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that, yeah, and, that, yeah. and he, he the article pushes this, the the what I consider to be a, a a conspiracy theory that somehow Zack Snyder was collaborating with Ray Fisher in this takedown of, of Josh Whedon. And I was actually pretty pissed that they even put that in the article. That just seemed like complete hearsay, and there was no reason to suggest or even find evidence to, to, to think that that would even be at play. But that got in the article. And to me, when I hear that, it's, they say, oh, people around, uh, people supportive of Whedon or people around Whedon uh, surmise that perhaps this happened. I'm like, that's coming from Whedon. No question. Yep. And so, yeah, so he's taking shots at Snyder. Um, so they, clearly, there's something going on there. He just doesn't seem like he seems very. He sounds very bitter. He sounds very in his feelings. And, it, and, and the stuff about he doesn't seem like someone that is a pleasant person to be around. I, if there was, if there was, and I agree with you 100, percent Kendall. If there was any rope to give Joss Whedon or any kind of any kind of doubt yeah. <laughs> that any of this stuff coming out about him was true, he's he's summarily, you know. 
he's basically dissuaded any. He, he just gotten rid of any of the any of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt that I would give Joss Whedon. Now I'm I'm basically certain that everything is true. All these mm-hmm. horrible things. He sounds like a bad guy. He sounds like I a, don't want to. He sounds like a terrible, or to yeah. be more specific, he sounds like a terrible boss. Right. He sounds yeah, like definitely. an awful boss, which we've all had. He sounds I like a bad I, I, boss who is willing to lie and use his power I, to abuse others. This, this and I don't feel bad for him. All these other issues he's saying he has, I don't feel bad for him. This isn't he's got to take responsibility uh, for his uh, actions. A political take. I feel you. But it reminds you of the former president. You know, it reminds you of that guy where you're like, you know, all these things yeah, are being levied against him. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, he said, she, he said, he said, she this said, one did this, that but one then yeah. when you listen to this guy talk, you're like, eh, yeah, people who am you, I supposed to believe? It's one of that one. People show you <laughs> right. who they are, believe him. Yeah. yeah. When people show you who they are, believe him. He's yeah. showing us who he is. And the and other, I believe what he's saying. The other thing that hurts his case. What he's showing about who he is. The other thing that hurts his case that's always that he's always had a chance to kind of fall back on, even if it's been indirectly, is when he talks about, you know, yeah, Ray Fisher can't act, and the story, his story didn't make sense, and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, <coughs> we've seen the Snyder Cut now, and right. most people liked it. Most people it's liked much better than his the Cyborg movie. portrayal. Most people liked Ray Fisher's Cyborg job was in that. Great. So, Gadot was great. Everyone was great, except Joss Whedon yeah. in his, direct, his cut of the movie. You lose that. a lot of credibility yeah. when you say... No, it's dumb. If we hadn't seen it, then we could be like, yeah, right, I don't, yeah. maybe that's thing. Yeah, I don't know. And you know what's funny, Kendall? Ray Fisher yeah. did do a bad I didn't like him in the Whedon cut, so maybe all the stuff. But now he just looks crazy, and it's like, well, if you thought <coughs> that this was bad, then I wonder why. You know what I mean? Like, and, right. and you know what's funny, Kendall? Is, well, I think a lot of people keep making that great point, and it is a great point. We saw Ray Fisher give, by many accounts, and in, in my account, in my opinion, a pretty stellar performance. At the very minimum, solid performance. As yeah. Cyborg, and one of the true uh, interesting plot points of the movie. But what's funny is a lot of people keep forgetting, you know, because again, I read this whole New York New Yorker article. I actually read it. Uh, funny story. I actually read it out loud because I like reading stories to my girlfriend uh, about various different things in this medium. So I read the whole story out loud. So uh, so people kind of miss the fact that in the article it says early on that this interview. Or at least a lot of these interviews, a lot of these quotes and stuff are coming from an interview in spring. It was a long time ago when this interview happened. And if you guys remember, the Snyder Cut came out around the spring. So there's a there's a chance that this interview happened either before the Snyder Cut came out, or maybe even if it came out after the Snyder Cut, there might not he might not have much wherewithal of like what the opinion is of what Ray Fisher has done or things like that. And to me, and I'm so glad that the interview happened when it did, because I think there's zero percent chance he makes that ridiculous case about Ray Fisher being a bad actor in the summer or the fall, or if they did the interview last week, because the word is out there that Ray Fisher did a really good job, and it's unfortunate that we won't see him more at Cyborg moving forward. But if you, there's no Snyder cut out yet, and you're just you know you think oh that joint's gonna be garbage, I, I was there, the joint was trash. He, he can say whatever he wants. And now he comes out looking crazy. Again, New Yorker did not, or New York Magazine, I'm sorry, did not do <laughs> this man any favors with this article. And the, the fact that this interview was done in the spring and, and that these quotes about Ray Fisher, I assume, are coming out uh, from the spring, he looks crazy. I mean, he looks crazy. And, and again, lack of humility and a lack of a true apology. You know, he doesn't he admits to some things that he said that were wrong. He admits that some of the women he took advantage of during his time, which, you know, that those allegations weren't linked much to the movie sets and things like that. He seemed to really push back against most of that stuff and the TV sets. But some of the women in his personal life, he took advantage of whatever he's, he, you know, he couldn't even really give apology to them. Again, it was this, you know, I I, I can't, you know, I, I handled things the wrong way. Uh, I had an addiction. And again, you know, my, my, my childhood, it was, it was everything but an apology and a humility and an apology could have gone a long way to potentially saving this man's career. It was not going to be an easy, an easy, you know, job to pull, but it, it, it could have happened because we've seen, you know, America's land second chance and we've seen almost everybody come back and then no one is ever really canceled as we now have learned, despite what people will tell you. So there was a path potentially for him to make some kind of comeback and he just napalmed it. He napalmed it with this interview. 
like I said in my Instagram account, man, they should have left this one in the draft. We we didn't need to hear this. As I said before, there's nothing to see here. You know, Josh Whedon is uh is of yesteryear at this point. Yeah. And, and and that's that's all that's all we really we got from him now. And so and I can't wait and I can't wait to support Ray Fisher. I'm so excited to support whatever other projects he has going. Yeah. And Agadot and everyone else he's trying to bury in this whatever he wants to call it. I don't even know what he wants to call it, but I'm just happy to support the people that he does that he wants to blame and abuse on set. Which Ray Fisher did a great job and Gal Gadot did a great job. So I will gladly watch their content. I'm looking for, I know Ray Fisher's in something coming up soon. So yes. I'm definitely checking that out. Yes, definitely check out those projects as well. But um let's move on now. Let's stay stay in somewhat of the DC realm. Uh we finally got our much anticipated first look at Leslie Grace as Batgirl in DC's upcoming HBO Max film. The costume takes inspiration from twenty four the twenty fourteen Batgirl of Burnside Arc with Barbara Gordon donning purple leather with yellow accents for the bat symbol and utility belt. While many have praised the costume for its comic book accuracy, others have complained about the makeshift appeal of the suit. So, Sham, how would you rate the costume out of 1 out of 10 for uh, the Batgirl movie? Uh, as Kendall stares very intently, uh, waiting, <laughs> wait, uh, awaiting my answer. Um, I mean, I'd probably give it like a 7 out of 10. It was solid. Uh, solid okay. suit. Um, I mean, it. I mean, it's comics accurate. I mean, they pretty much just took it straight out. Of it. I mean, honestly, I, I probably would have rated it higher if, if they added just a little bit to it. I mean, I mean, when I say it's comics accurate, I mean it's they just they just ripped it from the page basically. Of I don't know one of these nineties, you know, early two thousands comics. They just took they just took that costume, just put it on somebody. And I was like, I don't. Know, I feel like they could have added a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, just to make it a little more unique, and, and just and I'm biased. I don't. I'm not in love with the Batgirl costume. Right. I feel like you can. I feel like you can do a little bit with it. Um, like in and I have to watch it. I have to watch. I, I could probably look it up now, but even the Batgirl that they have in the um, upcoming game. Um, yeah. Gotham, Gotham, Gotham Knights. I like that one. Um, it's the same one, but it, they just add a little bit to it. You know, just tweak it just a little bit. You know, this one it's 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 it looks like it's just just straight out just some fabric and just you know it's comics accurate and it doesn't look bad because it's not a bad design poorly not poorly designed costume yeah but I would have liked a little more added to it um, just to make it a little I don't know just make it pop you know uh, make it pop a little more maybe maybe may have it um, uh, maybe have it like uh, I don't. I don't know. Just add a little bit more. Just add a little bit more to it. You know. Okay. It it just needs a little bit of something. It needs something. Okay. I, I I can't really put my finger on what it is, but it needs something. All right. So Smarty goes seven, seven and a half with the notes that it, it needs something. Kendall, uh, what what is your what is your rating for this costume? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go six. You know, I, I wasn't six. Okay. Wasn't super impressed by it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen better. It's not terrible. Uh, there are some people. It's been, it's been, it's caught a lot of, caught a lot of flat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's catching a lot of flat. Caught a I lot mean, of flat. I was a little surprised. A little, a little more than what I expected. Yeah, yeah. The even the one of the directors had to come out and uh, or producer had to come out and and you know basically put out a meme to all, to yeah. all the people calling it cosplay, saying you know watch the movie, wait for the film. I'm wondering, is it the final costume? Maybe, maybe not. I would assume so, but. You know, if you're saying wait for the film, I'm like, well, I've already seen the costume, so you know. I mean, this is what you put out. Yeah, I'm like, what else? What are, what are I don't you have, any, to I don't have anything else to go by? You know, if this was in the CW, I wouldn't notice any different. Hundred percent. I'd be like, oh yeah, CW's Batwoman or Batgirl. I think the I, I think the I think the the costume that um, Luke Fox has the oh, bat, the yeah, Batwing yeah, costume. The Batwing costume. I think that's costume is better than that one. Yeah. Yeah, better I mean, than the Batwoman. I, costume. Really? I'll be honest. I think the Batwoman costume is better than this one. You know, you can make the case. You can make the case. You know, you can make the case. Um, it's, a, it's a basic costume. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah they're not I'm, not, I'm not saying it's horrible, it's, but it's a very basic. costume. It's kind of like you know, it's kind of like when you're judging sports uniforms, and you're like, you know, look, the Alabama uniform is a it's a clean eight out of ten. There's not a whole lot going on. Penn State, hmm. the clean eight out of ten. Is that you know? Yeah, you know, classic? You know, not everything yeah, exactly. got to be Oregon. That's a perfect guy. Yeah, it's a classic. You know, it's classic. You know, but I mean, it is just don't it mess is. it up. <laughs> and you know, I think with this one, 
uh, you know, like Shamari said, I think in general this isn't a great – it's not a great color scheme and costume. Right. Some people love it. And, you got you know, to add something to it. Um, I mean, it's 2022 now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think that this is a costume that could have been improved on. And they did, and they chose not to, and that's fine. Um, that's why you get the people calling it cosplay, because it's very much straight out of what you would see in a comic book. Right. You know, not a whole lot of upgrades to it that you would normally see. So, yeah, I, I go I go six out of ten. No rough, no, uh, you know, nothing to say about what the movie's going to be. I'm glad that we're getting some, some stuff. It sounds like Nightwing may be in it. So that, oh, that, yeah. that rumor has been kind of be fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, and some people saying maybe even we're getting a Nightwing movie, you know, spinning off of it. And I know EJ's excited about that. Uh, the long awaited Chris McKay yeah. movie. I, I'll believe it when I I'll believe, I'll believe it when I see it, man. <laughs> we can talk about that Chris McKay movie. It seems like since we started this podcast. But um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, second time in this podcast where I think I like something a lot more than you guys did. I, I like this costume. Um, I think there's got to be the the, the 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 obvious notation that hey, this is this is probably her first costume, you know that that she's wearing, you know, the, you know the purple leather. It looks like it's like a leather jacket, you know. Obviously, she clips on the, the the cape. I don't think that this is you know Batgirl in her final form by any stretch. I think this is closer to not not exactly as makeshift, but I think it's closer to you know this costume we saw you know Spider Man wearing in you know, Civil War and No Way Home. You know, it's not No Way Home, uh, Homecoming. You know, the, the kind of sweatsuit that he, he was wearing, which was, you know, way less tech, high-tech than, than what we even see here from Batgirl. Yeah, I, I liked it. I would probably give it like an 8 out of 10. I, I think that, you know, I like comic book accuracy. I'm a super big fan of comic book accuracy to me. Like, you know, these stories and these images and these figures are iconic, so, you know, they don't need much changing. So I don't really have much of a problem of them pretty much ripping from the comic book and putting it on, you know, the big screen to me. You know, there there are a couple of, of tweaks. You know, the gloves aren't yellow. She doesn't have the kind of like a, the yellow, you know, kind of Batman spikes on the on the arms, which I actually would have preferred, honestly. I think that they probably missed something with that. That could have been neat. But, again, there's things that you can add, you know, as her costume improves either throughout the movie or into the next film. But I, I think, you know, for our first costume, our first look, I thought that this was pretty solid. And I was a little surprised by some of the people that were so upset about it because we should have expected this costume. I mean, some of the promotional art we've seen, the costume has looked like this. Like every, every promotional art that we've seen for this movie, this costume, the costume has been the interpretation of the Batgirl of Burnside arc from 2014, which is a very important arc and a very important time for the Barbara Gordon character. Them taking inspiration from that, I thought would be a positive. I was surprised how many people were so down on it. But I think, you know, Batgirl's had a lot of different looks throughout the year, so you could have went a multitude of different routes. I do expect her to change up the suit at some point. But I hope they stay with the purple and yellow color scheme. I, I, I've I always liked the look. I think I probably liked it more than maybe Sham and, and others I've had. But uh, overall, I'll give it 8 out of 10. I thought it was pretty solid. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of don't really, you know, because I, I, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to bash it. I mean, I, I mean, I, again, I thought it was decent. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think it looks bad. You know, um, if this isn't the final costume, I think that would be for the best, personally. Um, I mean, I would hope it isn't. I mean, they're revealing it now, so I mean, you would hope it's not. You know, if they're just gonna re- up and reveal before the, final, the trailer final, even comes out. final costumes before the trailer even comes out, you know. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would say I I am hoping that in this in this, uh, you know, film. We get a Batgirl costume that is that is upgraded from this. Um, uh, you know, I, I think this is it's fine. It's comic accurate. Um, I just I think she should have something that just again it just it needs more. It needs something more, something that pops more, something that's and I and I just pulled it up again. I think it needs to fit a little bit better. It's just a okay. just a little baggy. Um, and I'm not saying oh you know. You know, whatever. You know, I need more body or anything yeah, like yeah, that. We don't, we don't need that. We don't want that. Yeah. At least your silver, Silverstone, uh, Bat, Batgirl costume. No, you know, yeah, no. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't want nothing like that. 
Yeah. yeah, but it, it just I think it's just I think it should be a little more form a little more form fitting. Um, I think that would be cool. I think it would just look better. Just just I think just overall I think the costume would just look better. Like and like the bat kind of like the how the Batwoman costume is form fitting, and it looks dope. Yeah, it's just more practical. Um, I can believe it. Just that yeah, it just seems more. This looks more like it looks more like she's wearing a jacket a little bit. Yeah, definitely. honestly, which is I mean, which is I said that's fine for a first costume. And like, like I said, it is com- it is comic book accurate though. As <laughs> I keep saying, yeah. I mean, if you ever look at that costume, and you know, we've gotten you know that they've been great arc break showing kind of a breakdown of what that costume looks right. like. I mean, it is kind of like a jacket, you know, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some things just, don't translate. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's a thing of whether you, you know you like to see that look in in the big screen or you don't like to see the look. It's it's you know it's really simple. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I I do I do I do uh, get that that kind of uh, that kind of look at the situation. But uh, let's wrap the show. Let's talk about Peacemaker. So DC's Peacemaker is out on HBO Max, and so far the show is receiving rave reviews. The spinoff of Suicide Squad, created by James Gunn and starring John Cena, released its first three episodes last week. Kendall, uh, I know you really enjoyed the start of the show. Uh, what do you feel like has made its a success in your eyes so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, you know, to me, I feel like if you're a fan of Deadpool, if you're a fan of The Tick, you know, that sort of ridiculous, satirical superhero, you know, stuff, or, you know, the Harley Quinn animated series, stuff like that, you'll you'll certainly uh, enjoy this show. Um, definitely falls under that line. There, you know... Obviously, there are some characters and stuff, and and what we've seen so far, they're they're, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely like you know exaggerating, you know certain certain parts of certain characters, um, but it, you know or you know like characters like Vigilante that they've talked about being in the series, um, you know it's definitely not the Vigilante from the comics, um, but definitely not. James Gunn, you know, he does a good job, you know, with, with, with this kind of with this kind of a series. I'm I'm so far liking this better than I liked Suicide Squad. This you know, that James Gunn did. Um so, you know, I think that that is a very good sign. And um yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, yeah, so far I'm I'm very much enjoying the series. Uh not as funny as 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 Deadpool, um but I think it's, it's it's a better actual story, more interesting story than Deadpool's mm. ever. Fascinating. Mm. Okay, so Sham Sham in the beginning of the show talked about he had a lot of things to say about Peacemaker. So the floor is yours, Sham. What do you, what do you think of the show so far? Uh, I mean, yeah, this show is fantastic. This is a great show. Um, I mean, I was I was watching it. Kennel 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 heard me. I was laughing the whole. I feel like the whole time I was mm. busting my guts the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's a great show, you know. I've always I've always liked kind of James Gunn's kind of his his style of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the Suicide Squad movie seemingly more than a lot of, a lot of a lot of other people. Um, so, so yeah, I mean I think this show, I think this show is great. Honestly, I, I don't I don't really have any complaints. Um, I mean, maybe I have to rewatch Deadpool. I think this might even be funnier than Deadpool for me personally. Wow. Um, I, I, uh, I can go that far. I mean, I haven't seen Deadpool in a while, so never have I, I. I mean, I, I mean, but I, I was laughing at Deadpool, but I don't know if I was laughing like some of the stuff, <laughs> like some of the. I don't know. I have to rewatch it. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is just Peacemaker is just crazy, and you know, and just every just Vigilante is crazy. And it's just, it's just funny. Just every, just everything going on here is funny. His, his dad is is crazy, yeah, and a, a horrible guy apparently. And I don't know where the heck that's gonna go. If he's gonna be a big bad or something like that. And it's just, it's just. I mean, it's this show is just funny. It's just it's a very, very funny show. Um, all the effects are great. John Cena's great, man. I didn't, oh, I yeah, didn't realize. Absolutely. I didn't know you had this in him. James Gunn. What a what a find! You, you know, know I seen, yeah. What a find! What a find! And what a recruiting pitch too. Because I'm telling you know, you go to John Cena, a guy who's 
you know, a, a megastar in his industry of wrestling and say, all right, we want to give you your big Hollywood shot doing a superhero movie. He's probably like, oh, great. You know, sign me up for Superman or some, you know, big kind of project. You tell him they need you to be Peacemaker. I'm sure they need to be a great deal of convincing and some recruiting to get him to, to see the vision that James Gunn saw. And also that you're it, not it worked out great, character. and he's perfect for the role. And you're you're gonna be playing a character that's a joke, you're ridiculous. Yeah, a joke and, no, and unlike unlike unlikable. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. even the Rock gets to play Black Adam, not an A lister, but at least he's, he's taking it serious. You know, yeah. You know, like he's not gonna hurt his image. You know, with this, if this was bad, this would have been the end of Cena's <laughs> run <laughs> on his movies. Yeah, definitely leap uh, of faith. Also, shout out to. Um, Chuck Woody Iwuju. Iwuji, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, who's, uh, I mean, me and Shamari saw him in Designated Survivor. Yeah, he's very good in Designated Survivor. He's very Survivor. good in that. Um, and he's going to be in, in Guardians 3. James Gunn's bringing him over into that one. And Gunn said that Marvel is just, you're just losing it right now with the role he's playing. Uh, and that, that's how excited they are. Um, we think it's the high evolutionary, but... Um, but but that remains to be seen. But uh, very excited about him being in that movie because he's great in this um, so far. And mm-hmm. you know, the fact that yeah. Gunn brought him over <laughs> is a good sign. Yeah, I think that's you know to me one of the big things that stands out about Peacemaker is you know obviously John Cena is and I've loved this show by the way. I, I tweeted earlier that I expected to like Peacemaker um, because I liked Suicide Squad. I didn't love Suicide Squad. I liked it. Um, I said this would probably be good. I would like like this too. I I did not expect to just thoroughly enjoy this project the way I have right now. In my opinion, this is one of the best things DC has produced live action since, since they've been producing live action stuff in this kind of new era of superhero content. Truly stellar work. But one of the things that I think is it stands out to me is the the the, the supporting cast, um, whether it be Harcourt, whether it be. Daniel mm-hmm. Bruce playing Leota Adebayo, whether it is uh, Iwuji playing Cleansing Murd. Uh, I, I just I just think that that team and those characters and, and the kind of the intricacies of their story linked up with this uh, straight clown in Peacemaker is a, it's just a perfect marriage. I mean, it's just really good writing and the, and the actors all play very well uh, off of each other. And it's, it's been a really great story to follow so far uh, i don't know if i echo kendall's sentiments that it's funnier than deadpool but i think it's on par i mean i, yeah. I also oh, sorry uh, shamari yeah sorry shamari's, <laughs> shamari's uh, ideal that that it's it's on it's smart it's funnier I, I think it's on par i mean i i also watch these episodes and i'm like dying laughing i mean the 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 again the writing and some of the dialogue between these characters is is just it's just top notch in my opinion really great work uh, from James Gunn. And one of the things I will say about it that I really enjoyed about the series is I feel like some of the uh, some of the issues that we had with, or people have had, not maybe not necessarily us three, but that people had with the Suicide Squad movie play out in very obvious and clear and straightforward ways in this show in a very, very good way. You know, one of the ways that we talked about, and we're not going into spoilers on this because we know, you know, we're not doing a full review and we know people want to watch it. But, you know, I talked about how my girlfriend complained about, you know, all these people of color being shot and killed in kind of cartoonish ways in the Suicide Squad. That plays a role in the the, the story and, 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 and the characters' motivations and who they are as people and their backgrounds. That plays a role in all of this. And, and there's a lot more of a tie-in to the Suicide Squad than I think I probably expected, despite the fact that there are characters, you know, from the Suicide Squad that are in this film, I mean, excuse me, in this show. So I think that that was interesting. You know, you never know if some of these things are, you know, kind of Gunn doing a kind of a commentary on his own work or if he kind of knew that these were things he wanted to then explore if he ever got to do more stuff. I know he said that he didn't expect to do Peacemaker um, which is why he he expected to kill him off when he first wrote the story, but you know I I really I really thought it's been really smart in in how they've approached a lot of this stuff, and I I've again I've been thoroughly enjoyed it. I I I now see why Peacemaker had DC and HBO Max so giddy, 
you know, we talked about it on this podcast. We didn't understand why it was greenlit for a second season while they were doing the first season. There were some things that we were just like, it didn't make sense to us. We didn't even see Suicide Squad yet, so we didn't know what to make of what was going on. But you hear the story that was pitched. You see the uh, the script and, and some of the stuff that's happening. I think that if anybody, if you if you like John Cena, if you like funny comedy, uh, like superhero stuff, really, it's, it, it really could be for any kind of adult audience. I would suggest checking out Peacemaker. I think it is that fun a ride right now. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'm 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 excited to see where where the show goes going forward. Um, and it's also very. I mean, first of all, I I told you tomorrow. I think it's not that far off of Watchmen on HBO uh, for HBO. I can't go DC quite that far yet, but properties. But I think this is a show that is. You know, I'm. You know, I think that this is a very interesting first foray into you know hbo max or hbo yeah, well, yeah hbo max oh yeah DC properties 100 um, we'll see both very well i don't think the, others for, will for be the, like this but both very well for like the gotham city whatever project yeah other show that they're doing yeah and when you think about some of the we've talked about some of the stiff arm we feel HBO has done to some of the other DC projects that they currently have. They seem to big up Doom Patrol quite a bit, but when it comes to Titans and Young Justice, we've talked about you know some of the promotion for those shows being uh, subpar, it felt like. And not to say that is warranted, it damn sure ain't warranted for Young Justice. I, I will say when I see this show, I kind of get, okay, I, I get why there was so gun ho on really feeling like this is going to be the beginning of the new era for the DC stuff on HBO Max, even though they had DC stuff already on there. Because this is, again, a very good start for the kind of Walter Hamada uh, DC doing stuff on HBO Max. You know, this, this, is, this is great stuff. If you haven't checked it out, certainly, definitely uh, recommend you check out Peacemaker at some point in time. Funny. Action packed. The action I thought was uh really good. I, I also mm-hmm. didn't expect the action to be as good as it is, and and just all around fun time. So definitely check it out. But that's gonna do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. Of course, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you check out all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. As I said, if you want to hear us talk about the NFL playoffs, we'll be doing sports talk this week. You want to hear Imperial Broadcast talk about the Book of Boba Fett? You'll hear the Imperial Broadcast. So make sure you check out the YouTube, the, excuse me, the podcast network, the channel we have on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Tune in. You can find us on either of those places. New Generation Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on. Uh, we should subscribe to us on YouTube, New Generation Media, for our YouTube content, our video content. Make sure you also subscribe to us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And of course, you can follow us all individually on social media. Shamar can be found on Snapchat and Instagram, MCShan22. Kenneth can be found on Twitter, New Gen Ken. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, ActionEJ. Thank you guys again for checking us out. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.